We continue this mutual benefit as relates to bid'ah and the various factions of innovation. And we left off with the group known as Al Khawarij. Al Khawarij. And last week, in our introduction about the Khawarij, we spoke about the advent of the Khawarij. And we mentioned that in the time of the Prophet, there was no innovative groups. But there was a name, a man by the name of Zul Khawarij. And when the Prophet was distributing the Ghanima, <clears throat> the war booty, this Zul Khawarija, he said to the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I'dil ya Rasulullah. So then the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Waylaka nan ya'dilu idha lam a'adil. As reported by Bukhari. That when he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, O oh, Ya Rasulullah, be just. And the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Woe to you. If I'm not just, then who is? And this is found in Bukhari. So then we mentioned that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that for this man's progeny will come a people who will recite the Quran, but would not go past their throat. And they will leave Islam as fast as an arrow leaves his game. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, also mentioned that and to the companions, he said that their salat will make your salat look insignificant. He said, but they will be the kilab, the dogs of the hellfire. They'll be the dogs of the hellfire. And we mentioned that as of that particular time, there was not a group formulated named the Khawarij. But the Messenger of Allah <clears throat> had warned his ummah, had advised his ummah that they will come from his project. And then we had mentioned about... Abdullah bin Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him. In his time, there were a group of people in the masjid. And they were <clears throat> counting stones in different groups, different circles. And there was a man leading each group. And they were repeat after him. Subhanallah 100 times. Alhamdulillah 100 times to the end of it. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud, He's informed, he went to the masjid. And he has seen them in these groups, in these circles. And he has said that they are counting up their evil deeds. And we mentioned that, he had mentioned to them that the utensils of the Messenger of Allah have not even yet broken. And his clothes have not even yet worn away. Meaning that he just died not that long ago. <laughs> and that the companions were amongst them. And yet they're innovating in religion. And then the companions have mentioned that they've seen them, those same people, in those circles, were the people who fought them in the battle of Nahrawan. They were called Ahlul Nahrawan. We said that also Abdullah bin Mas- I'm sorry, we also said Abdullah bin Sabah the Jew who came into Islam pretending to be a Muslim in order to try to destroy Islam from inside. That he was responsible for the death of Uthman, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the third khalifa. And that his rhetoric was the result of Uthman being massacred. And that he was a type of Khawarij or Khariji. That the Shia are also a type of Khawarij. 
And we mentioned that there were different types of Quranic. We mentioned Al-Ibadiyya, Al-Muhakima, Al-Nawasib. We mentioned also Al-Haruriyya, wa kathalik. We also mentioned some of their infractions, some of their innovations, some of their mistakes in the Aqidah. We mentioned from them, we said that one of the signs of the Khawarij is that they shave their heads bald as an act of worship. They shave their heads bald as an act of worship. When they repent to Allah and all when they slaughter. We're not talking about a person going on a hajj when he's making the right to a hajj and he shaves his head. No. As a means of repenting to Allah for a particular sin. After doing so, they complete that repentance by shaving their head bald. We said also that the Khwarij, <clears throat> excuse me, that they also make Khuruj. They revolt against legitimate leadership. We also said from their corrupt ideology is that they make it incumbent upon the woman who is menstruating once she becomes clean. She must make up every single prayer from the beginning to the end of her menstruation. We also mentioned that from the false ideology of the Khawarij is that they do not uh, accept the coming of the Dajjal and the Nuzul of the Masih, Isa ibn Maryam, and Allah be pleased with them both, and him fighting the Dajjal. And we mentioned that Maududi, Abu Ala al Maududi from Pakistan, who was very prominent in the 60s and 70s, he also held this opinion. And we're going to see, inshallah, we're going to go back to Maududi because he plays a significant role in relation to the Khawarij of today. Because the figure we're going to talk about today, which is Sayyid Qutb, he is the, the reviver of the Khawarij Minhaj and Aqidah of today. And he's the grandfather of Al-Qaeda. And we're going to see how Maududi played a role in that. In other than him, inshallah. We ask you to be patient because we're going to give you a lot of information, inshallah. A lot of information about Sayyid Qutb himself. And we're going to point out a lot of his deviancy. Politically and creed-wise. And it's important to know because I'm going to try to connect the dots. And show you how he was affected by not only some deviant Muslims, but also by uh, the Kufar. And, and, and inshallah, I'm going to connect the dots. And at each point, that particular individual who he was affected by, or that creed crept into his ideology, and how it affected many of the Muslims of today, inshallah. So we also mentioned last week as a recap Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he informed us in a narration where he said وَتَفْتَرِقُ أُمَّتِي عَلَى ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْعِينَ مِلَّةٍ كُلُّهُمْ فِي النَّارِ إِلَّا مِلَّةٍ وَاهِدًا قَالُوا وَمَنْ هِيَا يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ قَالَا مَا أَنَا عَلَيْهِ وَأَشْحَادِهِ وَحَسَنَهُ إِبْنَ الْعَرَبِي فِي أَحْكَامُ الْقُرْآنِ وَالْعِرَاقِ فِي تَخْرِيجِ الْإِحْيَاءِ وَالْأَلْبَانِيِّ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ فِي سَحِيعَ التُّرْمُبِي So the message of Allah وسلم, he says that his ummah will break into 73 sects and all of them in the fire except one and there's many different Riwayat for this particular narration. And they said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, who are they? 
meaning who is the safe sex. And he says, those who are upon what I'm upon and my companion. And his narration was made Hassan by, Al, by Ibn Al-Arabi, not Ibn Arabi, as I mentioned last week, because Ibn Arabi was a Sufi who lived in the 4th century who believed that Allah was in the pity of the dog, the rat, when I be He believed in the Wahdus al like Say Kutub also. He believed in the Wahdus al We said Ibn Al-Arabi, Maliki scholar. He uh, made the hadith good in his Ahkam al-Qur'an, also al-Araqi, and also a sheikh al-Albani, in his Sahih al-Turmadi. We also said that the mission of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Bukhari, in Muslim, in the 40 hadith, in Nawawi, or Nawawi, that on the authority of Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha, when the mission of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, made it clear, أمن ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد which is in Muslim from Aisha in Muslim from Aisha we mention another narration also من أحتذى في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد which is another narration that's in Bukhari and we said that the the Mashaykh they say that these two narrations cover the innovator who innovates the innovation in the deen, and it covers the follower, the one who follows the innovation. We also mention the hadith on the authority of Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, <clears throat> that sounds in Muslim. We said, لَعَنَّ اللَّهُ مَنْ أَوَاهَ مُحْدَفًا Excuse me. Excuse me. The Allah's curse is upon the one who shelters the innovator. Allah's curse is upon one who shelters the innovator. So imagine the one who does the innovation. Allah's curse is upon the one who shelters the innovator. And the Mashaykh, they mentioned sheltering the innovator does not necessarily literally mean giving him shelter physically by hiding him in a place where he cannot be caught by the law, Islamic uh, 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 courts, and be punished by due processes of law. They mentioned, like the Mufti of Saudi, Sheikh Ala Sheikh, <clears throat> he said it also means to aid the innovator in his innovation. And also the Mashaykh said that it means those who defend the innovator in his innovation. Those who defend the innovator in his innovation. That's what remind us about these narrations and how serious bid'ah is and how serious a crime it is to be an innovator. <clears throat> and I have to brothers and sisters be patient with me. My nephews and my nieces be patient with me because I left my uh, my reading glasses, so I'm having some slight trouble. I can still see, but at times it may be a little uh, more difficult than others. So please uh, bear patient, patient with me. Be patient with me, inshallah. <clears throat> we also mentioned that the Khawarij believes that the people are major sins, that they are Catholics. They are disbelievers because they are a fornicator. We don't talk about the major sins that make you, that take you out of Islam. And so the major sins that make you a fasic, a disobedient one, but you still remain in the fold of Islam. They say that you are a Catholic, a disbeliever, and they assign you to the hellfire forever. Forever. Without being removed from it. And we mentioned that the only people who stay in the hellfire forever are the people who commit shirk of Allah. And we mentioned the proof against them is where the last people coming out of the hellfire, they'll be dipped in the river of life. So they will be known by their marks because the hellfire is so fierce 
that even though they dipped into the river of life, they still had the traces of the fire upon their faces. And it shows you that the people have made this sin to the not commit shirk with Allah, that they are released from the hellfire. And we also mentioned that some of the Khawarij, not all of them, and we mentioned specifically Al Ibadiyya, Al Ibadiyya, <coughs> that they, they, they oppose the believers seeing their Rabb on Yom Qiyamah. They oppose the believers seeing their Rabb on Yom Qiyamah. We mentioned that there are many narrations that, that, that prove this. We mentioned in just Amma. We mentioned the hadith of the Nation of Allah. Also, some of the Khawarij, they make a time. They speak or they revile the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu They revile the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu And keep in mind some of these things that I'm mentioning because as we go, you're going to see this Sayyid Qutb, he has the same exact belief as the Khawarij in regards to this. You want to see, inshallah. So they also, they, they revile the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and more specifically, Abi Haraira, whose real name is Abdul Rahman ibn Sakhr al-Dawt, from Hajar al-Mawt in Yemen, from the Dawt tribe. And the Prophet Sallallahu named him Abu Haraira because of his love for, for kittens. <coughs> Excuse me. Also, the Khawarij, some of them, they oppose the reality of the sifat of Allah. They oppose the realities of the, some of the sifat of Allah. Also, from the Dalalat of the Khawarij, is that they believe that the Quran is makhluq. The Quran is created. The Quran is created. And we covered this in the past, mentioning that the Quran is the knowledge and the speech of Allah. It's the speech of Allah to mouth his knowledge. And it's not created. It's not created. And some of the Quran is not all of them, some of them, they reject stoning the adulterer. Stoning the adulterer. And there are many more uh, beliefs of the Khawarij. But what we're going to do, I think this suffices. We're going to now turn our attention to one of the modern day Khawarijis. One of the modern day Khawarij. And he is Sayyid. Who was born in 1906 in Egypt and he was executed in 1966. Prolific author and writer and journalist. He was not a scholar. He was not even a student of knowledge. He was jahil as it relates to the religion of Allah, as you're going to see. He visited America in 1948 and he stayed for two years in Colorado. And while visiting America, two things happened. One, he actually left Islam for a brief period of time, which he himself said so. Because he started to visit the church. He was collecting data upon the lifestyle of the non-Muslims in the West. And he's seen their love for materialistic things. And their love, as he has described specifically, for manicured lawns and nice houses. 
And that made him hate the West even more. It made him want to cling or so-called cling to Islam even more, in which he failed to do. So one, when he came to the West, he left Islam because of it for a brief time. Then he came back. And two, it made him have a extreme hate for the West and anyone who uh, who was associated with the West or affected by the West. This same Kutub, who was born in 1906, and died in 1966, as I mentioned, he was executed. He was influenced by Vladimir Lenin. And Lenin is, is well known by this, his last name, Lenin. Lenin was a Russian revolutionary who, of course, was a communist. He was a communist, socialist. He was born in 1870, and he died in 1924. And I know these, I know Lenin, Karl Marx, uh, Stalin, meaning that I know their work, because I myself, before Islam, when I was studying to try to, you know, to try to educate myself, I read, I read, you know, Jainism, Taoism, Hinduism, Confucianism, Marxism, uh, everything you can think of. Philosophy from Thales to Aristotle, Plato, because I wanted to figure out what was going on until I came to Islam and discovered the Haq. But I should read Karl Marx and Lenin and Stalin. And most of the people who were born in the 60s or a little before in the 50s, because I was born in the 60s. Because that was the Black Power movement. Most of them were affected by the writings of Lenin and Karl Marx and people like this because the Black Panther Party were communists. And they read the books of Mao Tung. And they read the works of Stalin and Lenin and people like this. So John, Jonathan Jackson and George Jackson and people like this, they were... Uh, Young men who were, who, who were articulate and very active in the black movement and making people conscious. So I know that works very well. Very well. So nonetheless, he was a communist, socialist, revolutionary. So if you look in the book, Ma'alim Titariq, which is a book by Sayyid uh, Qutb, which is a book, if you translate it, it's called Milestone. It's known by Milestone. Sayyid Qutb, you can see in that book the influence of Lenin in his writing. He also was influenced by Alex Curl who's a French surgeon, biologist, and eugenicist, who was born in 1873 and died in 1944. And keeping in mind that in the time that Sayyid Kutub was born, maybe about in that century before, in the 1800s, he was born in 1906. Especially in the mid and late 1800s, eugenicism, had an influence around the world. In fact, Hitler himself was influenced by the eugenicist teaching. And the eugenicist teaching is the teachings of, a teaching of one race being more superior than all other races. And you find a lot of Muslims in the Muslim world at that time were influenced by the eugenicists also. And one reason why is because, and you find that you found some Muslims, those who are deviant, they supported Hitler. Why? Because Hitler, based on eugenicism, in which he learned from a European eugenicist, 
which many people don't know, which caused him to persecute the Jews because of it. Many Muslims in the Muslim world who were deviant, they were attracted by eugenicism. Because eugenicism, as I mentioned, it, it talks about dominance of one race over others. And Hitler and others in him, they started to persecute yeah. the Jews. And we know the Jews are enemies to Allah, enemies to his messenger, enemies to the believers. Those who oppose the Quran and Sunnah. So because of it, you found a lot of the Muslims supporting eugenicists. Especially in that time, because eugenicism had a big influence. And up to today, Planned Parenthood. If you look at Planned Parenthood, which is set up in the African-American communities, communities uh, on the, from the onset and solely today. It was designed and it was, just, it, it was made clear in their books. Clearly, they said it clearly with no cut card to destroy the African-American race. race. Planned Parenthood still exists today. And Bill Gates' father was a eugenicist. So it's not as prevalent as it was of old, but it's still prevalent. But especially in the 1800s, up until the 19, early 1900s, it was very, very prevalent. And Sayyid Qutb was influenced by Alex Carroll, Alexis, Alexis Carroll, who was a French surgeon, a biologist, and eugenicist. And also, he was allegedly involved with the Nazis. And Sayyid Qutb was influenced by him, by his works. <clears throat> We're going to tie it in, inshallah. We don't get it today. We're going to tie it in next week. But it's important to listen. Because we don't know about our people. We don't want to say, okay, say, because it's deviant, because the Mashiach said so. Yes, we follow the Mashiach. But we must know ourselves. We must investigate ourselves. We must study ourselves. Why did this man deviate? Because why? It's not sufficient to say the Mashiach said so. You don't know how he de deviated. You must have a dillah. As Allah said. Produce your proof of your trophy. He must be a student of knowledge. He must strive in seeking knowledge. You can't just say, oh, well, Hamza Yusuf is deviant. Why is he deviant? You must bring clear evidences. Because he said this, this is where he said it at, and this is the proof of Ahl Sunnah with Jamal Fiki Tadassun. And this is why you probably even tell me, Rahimahullah, very strong in his dawah because he, he knew his opponent just like he knew his aqidah. He knew the false belief of his opponent just like he knew the true belief of Ahl Sunnah with Jamaat. And he can break it down and break them down. He knew the Mazahib, the school of thought, more than they knew it themselves. And this is why he was effective. And this is why a poet said, I did do, yazhiru, the Hassan did do. I mean, Hassan Hassan who did do. We did do have the Bayinu Awat the Tameyuzu Ashiau. This is why a poet said that the opposite of the thing beautifies its opposite. Opposite. And with its opposite, things are made clear. So meaning that you don't know ugly until you know beautiful. You don't know fat until you know skinny. You know good eyes until you know sunnah. You know kufr until you know iman. You know tawheed until you know shirk. So it's important to know the opposite in detail. Because many people are influenced by Sayyid Qutb. Many people. Even people who said they were ahl sunnati with jama'ah. Even some of us who at the time, years ago, in the 90s, who were Salafi. We're still teaching from the books of Sayyid Qutb. Yes. I don't want to mention any names. I know one of our brothers, Hafizahullah, Wara'ahu, Minkuni Suh from our beloved brothers, from our dear brothers, from those who are, who are very uh, influential in spreading the da'wah of Salafiyyah in this land. I remember we used to teach from the books of Milestone. In the 90s, why be in Because there was some 
by confusion by, of some of the kalam of the mashayikh. And today you have a lot of people. The universities were, were teaching the works of Sayyid Qutb in some certain universities. You have some professors in some of the universities who teach the works of Sayyid Qutb. And it's not to say anything about the universities. I'm not going to take the stance of Hajjari and say these universities are his universities. No, I'm making a point that he had a big influence in the world. As it relates to some of the Muslimin, he was influenced also by Sayyid Abu A'la al-Mawdudi, who was born in 1903, and he died in 1979 in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. He is from Pakistan by origin. Pakistan by origin. And he was Maturidiya in Aqidah. And a lot of people don't know that because you have people who, who, who are in general with Ahl Sunnati with Jamal. And they are in opposition of the Maturidiya. But you find them teaching his books, not Salafi, of course, the Khalafi. But you find them teaching his books, his tafsir of the Quran, in their masajid. But he was Maturidiya in his Aqidah, which is similar to Ash'ari, where they, did, they deny the sifat of Allah. So, he was influenced by Al-Mawdudi also, by his writings. He was influenced by Mawdudi's writings. Because Mawdudi, likewise, was a prolific writer, and he was influential in the Muslim world at the time, based on the British taking control he was there when, when you know, when uh, the Muslims independently, when Pakistan was became an independent uh, Muslim state, when they when they were living together in India, and then they finally got their own state. He was he was around at that time, and he played a significant role in that, in 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 in, in, in so-called liberating the Muslims, in liberating the Imams from the British British influence. So 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 was influenced by Abu Ala al-Mawdudi. He was Maturidiyya in his Aqidah. And, and inshallah, we will get to that deviant sect soon enough, inshallah. He was also influenced by Hassan al-Banna, who was the founder of the Ikhwani Muslimin. He was influenced by Hassan al-Banna. And I said, once again, please be patient with me. Because this is very important to know this history, because I'm going to tie it all in together and show how it has an influence on the modern, modern day Khawaris of today, of ISIS. How, how that has an influence on the doctrine of ISIS today. You want to see, inshallah. And how that doctrine of ISIS, they take from some of the works of Sayyid Qutb. And how his works have a lot of deviancy in it. A lot of Wahdatul uh, Wajum, Shiism, Ash'ari, Matradi, Aqidah, the other than that. Because of the people we were influenced with, or influenced by. So he's influenced by Hassan al-Banna, who was a student of al-Mawdudi. A student of al-Mawdudi, Hassan al-Banna. And Hasan al-Banna has some Sufi tariqah in his aqidah. And he used to make shirk of, shirk of Allah. Hasan al-Banna used to celebrate the Prophet's birthday, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In that celebration, they used to say that the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was alive and well with them in that celebration. And he, he is the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is forgiving them of their sins. Shirk al-Akbar. So he's influenced by Hassan al-Banna, who was born in 1966. I'm sorry, uh, 1906, and died in 1949. He was executed because of his radical views. Born in 1906, and died in 1949. He was executed at the age of 43. But it doesn't stop there. Hassan al-Banna was influenced by Jamal al-Din al-Afghani. Jamal al-Din al-Afghani, who was born in 1839. 
and died in 1897. It is speculated that he was a hidden Shi'i. And we know that the Shi'a, they do Tuqiyah. They had their true belief. Jamal al-Din al-Afghani, Hassan was influenced by him, by his writings and his teachings. He lived in 1839 until 1897 at the Hijra. Sayyid Qutb, he influenced Ayman al-Zahwari, who was born in 1951. And he was a deputy, he's a deputy leader of Al-Qaeda, who joined, who joined Al-Qaeda he joined the Ikhwani Muslim League Empire at the age of 16. He was influenced by Sayyid Qutb, especially when Sayyid Qutb was executed. He believed that he was a martyr. And at 16 years old, he joined the Ikhwani Muslim League because he was influenced by Sayyid Qutb. Solely, solely. So that being said, we tie this in of how Sayyid Qutb was the grandfather of Al-Qaeda, that terroristic group. Because Al-Zahwari, he, being the deputy, deputy leader of Al-Qaeda, he influenced him greatly with his ideology in which he was influenced by Sayyid Qutb in reading Sayyid Qutb's book, also, Sayyid Qutb was, was close to his uncle. So it's not only his book, but also Sayyid Qutb was like a family friend. He was a family friend because he was close to his uncle. So he carried that, he carried that Aqidah over from joining Khwani Muslimin at 16 into Al-Qaeda, which they get the ideology from a lot of it, the teachings of Sayyid Qutb. So Sayyid Qutb, he revived the Khawarij creed, more specifically, Takfir of the Muslimin and Khuruj, revolting against legitimate leadership. Let's see what some of the Mashaykh say about Sayyid Qutb. So there'll be no doubt in your mind about his Aqidah and his Minhaj. His Minhaj. Let's see what the Mashaikh say about Sayyid Qutb. And then we're going to take a few minutes to start on some of his deviant beliefs. Abu Abdul Salam. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm sorry, I should have checked a long, long ago. Is my voice clear? No, alhamdulillah, it's very clear, mashallah. How many more minutes do we have left? Uh, about 15 or so, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. No. <clears throat> so the Mashaykh, they mentioned about Sayyid Qutb. As it relates to this deviancy, as the Mufti of Saudi, he was asked about Sayyid Qutb's revilement of Muawiyah wa Zamiluhu Amr, his companion or his colleague Amr, about what he claims to be lies, rish, rush, khadi'a, wa nifaq, wa na'udhu billah. He claimed that they had deception, lies, treachery and hypocrisy with them. This is what Sayyid Qutb said about these companions. Because he's talking about in the time of Ali bin Abi Talib, what, what took place, as I mentioned briefly last week, when I said there took place some differences between Muawiyah and Ali bin Abi Talib, and they tried to settle the dispute, and the Khawarij broke away because of it, because they said that Ali had no right to make a mix of a judge, because Allah says, إِنَّ الْحُكْمُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ that the judge belongs only to Allah, so 
Sayyid Qutb at that time said that Muawiyah was him and his colleagues, or Amr. He said that he, they were uh, uh, treacherous, they were deceptive, they were liars, and they were hypocrites. And he said that they sold uh, 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 bribes. And he said Ali could not stoop down to that level. Ali could not stoop down to that level. So when the Sheikh, the Mufti was asked about this statement of Sayyid Qutb, he said, هذا كلام باطني خبيث أو يهودي لعن ما يتكلم بهذا المسلم The Mufti of Saudi, حفظه الله ورعاه من كل سو مكروه he said that this is the statement of a Shi'i, filthy Batani Shi'i. A Batani Shi'i, because many branches of Shia, Shi'ism, we'll get to this, those groups also. The Bataniya, they believe in the hidden meanings of the Quran, the meanings that are not arrived by the average person through the intellect. It's only arrived to by special people. So he said, this is the statement of the Batani Khabif. Awa Yahudi La'in. La'in, I'm sorry. Or the Yahud who are cursed. He said that a Muslim would not speak with this type of speech. When Shaykh bin Baz, he was asked about Sayyid Qutb. He said, "Kalamahu He said that his statement, meaning Sayyid Qutb, meaning in his book, the Zulam Al Quran, in the shade of the Quran, is what he means. He said that his statement about the sending of Allah is an indication." That indeed he is miskeen, meaning he is jahil, he has no knowledge. And he said that, he said, Kamahu fi sahaba khabif, tayyajib an tamadiku kutubuhu. He said that, and his statements about the companion are filthy, and that it is incumbent that you rip. That you tear his books. Al Sheikh Al Albani, Rahimahullah, and Sayyid Qutb, about Sayyid Qutb, he said, Lam Yakuna ala ma'rifata bil Islam, bi usulihi, afuru'ihi, wa munharifa an al Islam. He said that about Sayyid Qutb, the Sheikh Al-Ibani, Rahimahullah, Wara'ahu. He said that uh, Sayyid Qutb, that he is not knowledgeable with Islam. Not in his usul, in his fundamental matters, or the furur, or the branches. And rather, he has deviated from Islam. This is found in Sursala al-Huda al-Nur. Take number 785 at the 11-minute mark, or close to it. Al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih, Uthimeen, Rahimahullah, and Sayyid Qutb. He said about Sayyid Qutb that it is a mistake that those who advise the youth to read his books and the books of Hassan al-Banna, he said it's a mistake for those who advise that the youth read the books of Sayyid Qutb and the books of Hassan al-Banna. It's a mistake, he said. And he said, قَالَ قَوْلًا عَظِيمًا مُخَالِفًا لِمَا عَلَيْهِ أَهْلَ سُنَةِ حِيثُ يُقُولُ he said that because of his great, his tremendous statements, which differ 
in which Ahlul Sunnati wa Jama'ah was upon when he spoke with Wahdatun Wajud, meaning Allah is the only true existence. And inshallah, next week, we never have time to go over today, we have time to go over a few of his mistakes. We're going to point out where he said the mistakes at. Where he said the mistakes at. Where he said it, because it's public record in his books. It's not something that is hidden, not something that the Mashaykh are making up, it's not something that people are making up. It's in his own books, his own writing. And he said that he did not advise that you read his tafsir. He did not advise that you read his tafsir. And he said this in his Majimur Fatawa, Warasail. Sheikh Saleh al Uhaydan, he said about Sayyid Qutb in his book Al Zilal Wal Adala, he mentioned two books, in the shade of the Quran, another book. He said for Sayyid Qutb, clear misguidance, clear misguidance. A Sheikh Hamad al Ansari, Allah, who was a muhaddith in his time, who lived in Medina, who had his riwaya back to Muawiyah, the companion of the Prophet, وسلم, he said that if Sayyid Qutb, in Kana Hayyan, Yajib, and Yastatabu, in Taba, illa Kutila, Murtadan. He said that if Sayyid Qutb was alive, it is obligatory that he will, he, he will repent. If he does, he's okay. And if not, he is killed as an apostate, meaning in the Islamic state, in the Muslim country, in Saudi, not by the individual hand. He said if Sayyid Qutb was alive, it is a necessity is an obligation that he repents. If he does, he's safe. If he doesn't, he is killed as an apostate. This is how bad his statements in his Aqidah were. And also we said about him that he has statements of the Mushidun, the atheists. Those who are worse. Those who are worse in their kufr then the Yahud and the Nasara. Inshallah, in the next five minutes, we're going to briefly outline some of his mistakes. And then next week, we'll take the details of these mistakes, inshallah. Because there are many. There are many. So, from the So, from some of the misguidances of Sayyid Qutb, is that he believed in Hulun, Al Hulun, incarnation, in which some of the Sufis believe, meaning that Allah is inside of his creation. And those Sufis, some of them who believed in Hulun, they said that Isa, that they agree that Isa is also Allah. But they said that. The only reason that the Christians are kafir is because they did not make other of, from the creation Allah with Isa. They said if they would have made others from creation along with Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah also, then the Christians would have been perfect believers. This is what some of the Sufis who believe in Hulul say, when Because they believe in Hulul the Allah is inside, incarnate inside of this creation, is from the deen of Allah. Sayyid Qutb also believed in Al-Hulul. Also, he believed in Wahdatun Wajud. And as I mentioned, I mentioned what he said specifically and where he said it at next week, inshallah. He believed that Allah is the only true existence. He also believed the Wahdatul Adiyan. Unification of religion, meaning that the Christians, the Jews, you know, the Muslims, everybody gets together on one main cause, 
we unite upon what we agree upon. And this is the, this is the this is the crux of the belief in quality which we need, and we put aside our differences. And they also believe that the Yahud and they are our cousins. So they believe in Wahhabism again. He believed in unification of the religion, not permissible. He also believed in Masawatil Adyan, equality of religion, equality of religion. He also made ta'atil, sifatullah. He made negation of the sifat of Allah. He also inkar, he, he opposed ru'ya al-mu'mineen lillah fil dar akhir. He opposed the believers seeing their Rabb in the next life. So as you listen, you can hear some of the Qawad's beliefs there. Because we mentioned some of their beliefs. He also made ta'an Fil Khalifa Arashid Uthman ibn Athan. And those who lived Fi Asrahi, Min Sahaba, Al Quran, Rizwan Allah, Alayhim. He also he made Ta'an on the Khalifa Uthman, like he belittled the Khalifate of Uthman. He, he, he belittled it. The third Khalifa, he belittled his rulership. And made mockery of it. And also, he uh, praised the rebellious ones who were responsible for the upheaval and rebelliousness against Uthman and which resulted in his death. Also, he made takfir on the Ummah. He also made takfir on the Sahaba. He also uh, belittled and reviled the prophets. More specifically, Prophet Musa alayhi salatu So we're going to stop there, inshallah. We're going to stop there again next week. We're going to continue with the rest of his Dalalat. And we're going to outline in detail and provide sources where you can find these evil statements of his. You can know that we're not making it up so you can see and how you can see that his thoughts, his ideology, how you can trace it back to the Qawadis of old and how he was the reviver of the Qawadis of today. And also, as I mentioned, the grandfather of Al-Qaeda and the influences of Al-Qaeda, who also has an impact on ISIS and other than that. So with that, we'll say, Subhanak Allahum Yimdik, Ashadu an la ilaha 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 Anything I say corrects my law from law alone. Anything I say from mistakes myself and the shaitan. Please forgive me for any deficiencies, whether it be in speech, whether it be in articulation, whether it be in uh, understanding, may Allah accept the communion from you. Hafizukum Allah, Minkum Shah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.